Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome. I'm a Whoa. happy person named George. Oh my I am goodness! So cheerful right now. Wow! Wow! This is Are you the missing worst. Japan? Is that is that Entrance. what's happening right here? Are you missing your your maid cafe and cosplay cafe? Okay, so I have a friend who I told the maid cafe wait, wait, story wait, wait, to. Wait. Hang on, no, wait, we wait, can't wait, wait. we can't do this every week. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. I'm Sunder. You may know me as Jimmy as well. The person introed is George Weedman, Super Bunny Op. Matt Visual's here with us, and we have a special guest as well. If you would introduce yourself, Josh. Josh Foreman. What are you? Hey, I'm a male white cis. God damn it. Uh, Literally. Now I know why you're friends with Matt. Uh. <laughs> Joshua Foreman, uh, currently at ArenaNet for about 13 years. Holy yeah, crap. On, yeah, holy crap. You might, you must be getting some paper. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> um, you've worked on Descent 3, Red Faction 2. You know, oh. all, all those all those old goodies. Holy crap, that's taking it way back. Oh, that's way nice. back. Before, I've been doing it for 20 years, man. Oh my god! Because like in Seasoft, they like weren't around before Guild Wars One, or were they? I Which... honestly don't know the history of NCSoft. Would, oh, because hang on, hang on. I'm just gonna take it back, like like 15 seconds. You said you've been in game dev for 20 years. Yeah, so I start. My first gig oh. was like late. Uh, two thousand or ninety six. Jeez. Oh God. No, I, uh, I was like, yeah, when you guys were babies. I, I was a babu. Ninety six was was when oh, seven Mario sixty four came out. Like that was when the N sixty four launched. I, I yeah, I was like, I was an age that doesn't even matter. Holy crap! It must be so <laughs> frustrating for someone like you to get on YouTube and see babies like us who don't know what we're talking about dominating so much of the conversation. No, it's good. It's it's passionate people who grew up with the medium, unlike me. Well, I mean, I kind of did, but not in the same way. We, no matter how we've grown up, though, we've done less growing than you. Like, I mean, the science has been done. MIT did a study. We are less grown than you. Oh, is that is that how that works? Yes, yes. It's been. It was peer reviewed. They they sent nice. it to the journal for. I have been lifting uh, lifting some weights, so yeah. Oh damn! Wow. Well, so much um, you lift, bro. Like, what's going on? Let's let's change the subject here. Oh, I, I, I even wait, lift. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing around. So, right, so, so let's talk uh, about protein. Oh yeah. I I can't believe I had. 
gosh, because I, I remember like now that Matt, Matt did me and mention. George are both having existential crises. We right are, now. we are, we are. Matt mentioned last week that you worked on uh, Red Faction 2, and I was like, holy shit, that's taking back. But now that you're like here, it's like, oh, it's real, which means I am feverishly Whoa. interested in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, get in line, okay. George. So <laughs> I, I, I hate to like suddenly go into interview mode, but you've worked on did to do yeah you would have done guild wars one at arena net if you've been there for 13 years yeah Good lord no arena net we work on world of warcraft i just wanted to ask like compared to um, how much i love this guy <laughs> the days of, <laughs> of of like ps2 development where you could push out something like red faction 2 and have a like fairly successful game release that everyone knows and loves and uh versus nowadays where you like have to break like half a million minimum to to even really get noticed how 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 noticeable is that in terms of like the office environment like like our offices for for big games like way way fancier now than they were back then and is like the mood a lot more nervous among employees oh my god i have so many questions <laughs> were, were there like awful layoff practices going on let's, back then let's start with let's start one at a time okay let, okay. let the man answer a question <laughs> yeah yeah uh well okay uh, my perspective on the industry having been in for two decades now it there's a reason i've been at my current job for 13 years and it's because the five places i worked before then i literally i, I have never quit a job i'm yeah. always either laid off or the company closes or the company's bought by another company and rearranged reshuffled uh which is why when you said 13 years you heard like all of us being like whoa because yeah. that that <laughs> usually doesn't happen in games that is true yeah um yeah i mean Ar arena net is just uh it's very different than most game companies like they've got a really good uh, work-life balance they they actively discourage doing overtime and you know it's like we we want to do really good stuff but we also are very aware that good stuff comes from people who have balanced lives so that's that's different than most of the rest of the industry so mm -hmm. Um, mm. But as far that's as like, like corporate culture, like, I, I can't say much because like I've been locked up in this one place for 13 years. I have lots of friends right. all over the industry who I hear lots of horror stories still. So apparently things haven't changed much. But uh, yeah. Mm. So well, it's good to hear that at, that at least some places have the good work, work ethic. I always uh, I follow a lot of artists on Twitter and there's always like, you know, horror stories there of like, uh low paid gigs or especially that that like push to work overtime kind of thing like work yourself to death work 14 16 hour days kind of thing and it's good to see yeah i mean when you, when you have encouraging a, that. a pool of like really hungry applicants it's just it's too tempting for most companies to not just totally take advantage of that you know chew them up spit them out burn burn them out you know work them as hard as they can until they're well, sick of it was that happening some 10 other years industry. ago Oh, that was happening in the early 90s, mid mid 90s, at least, because when I got into the industry, I mean, there were older, you know, veterans who had been around since the 80s and right. and they were also complaining about that. I mean, uh, the dude who made who who re remade the E.T. game, which eventually became the final version of the E.T. game that came out in 82, that guy worked for like what? What was it like six months by himself on it? And it was like, I think it was like 18 less hour than days. six months. I think it was three months. It was, yeah, it was 
something insane. Yeah, it was something crazy, but he he was like, I I was recently watching a a thing that documented this and talked about. Oh, then you uh, probably know better than me. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a like a documentary. It was just some somebody that did some research for a YouTube video and stuff. And they were saying that, like, in interviews, he was saying he had people that would like come around to remind him to eat because he wasn't (laughs) eating because he was just working. Yeah. And I mean, you have you have a bunch of people who are super passionate about the art form who are willing, absolutely willing to kill themselves for it. And how is a is a money counter going to say no to that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said before uh, you didn't get into video games like kind of how we got into video games. So how did you get into the industry? Did you like just fall into it, trip and fall in, or it's one of those things where I think I think I was um, kind of programmed from a young age to just be attracted to video games. Like we lived in Japan. My dad was in the Air Force. We lived in Japan for five years. I was like ages um, two to seven. Oh my god, so, you are so dreamy. <laughs> no, it was great. Actually, watching your videos about Japan was really interesting because, you know, all my memories are kind of like in the shrouds of myth at this point. You know what I mean? Like we would go to all the temples and, and the parades with samurai walking down the street and all that kind of stuff. And so my memory of it is is just this magical wonderland. And then seeing, you know, full grown and how it's developed since then. It's really interesting because that was like the late 70s, early 80s that I was there. So but, uh, what- was that before or uh, after the big economic boom that saw? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> was that like before or after the big economic boom that saw Japanese video games like suddenly dominate the market for a while? Uh, I want to say it was right at the kind of the nascent like beginning because um, so my dad brought home a ta- um, what are those a cocktail table um, space invaders. Uh, back in the so they were they were they were starting to build up their arcades, you know, converting their their pachinko parlors to arcades. Obviously, not all of them, um, mm-hmm. but they would literally just throw away the cabinets if something went wrong because I, I guess they were being produced so cheaply. And so GIs would just kind of troll the back alleys and pull the machines out of the dumpster, you know, tweak a wire and it'd be fixed. So <laughs> and then turn around and sell it. So that was my first real gaming experience. I remember. Uh, you know, before going to kindergarten in the morning, I would be playing Space Invaders and just crying from frustration at how, how hard it was. And then at school, we would play Space Invaders where it was like kids up against the wall. It was kind of like dodgeball, except you couldn't actually dodge. You just had to walk back and forth in lockstep formation oh, saying so like, Space like Invaders. Space space in- in- yeah, that's, yeah. that's so freaking adorable. Yeah, it was. It must have been super cute, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, so I was kind of programmed that way to to be attracted to games, but I never knew it was a viable career path. I went to the Art Institute of Seattle, and at the time, I was thinking animatronics for you know movies and stuff, making monsters. That was that was my thing. So, I got a degree in industrial design. A lot of, you know, just like super traditional shop stuff like mold making and woodworking and plaster and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it was it was during school. Well, it was just before that Jurassic Park came out. And then I realized, oh, wait, animatronics are going to be a thing of the past. Turns out they weren't. But in that day, it was like, oh, everything is going to be CG from now on. And that kind of led me to realizing that uh, video games like once I started dabbling in that computer stuff, that video games was a viable thing. So I started shooting in that direction. My, my first gig was uh, ink and paint artist, digital ink and paint at um, 
uh, humongous entertainment. The people who made like Putt Putt, The Car, Pajama oh, yeah. Sam. Oh my god! All those games you played as babies. Yeah. What? <laughs> putt Putt. Yep. Yep. Whoa! What? Have you guys ever heard of Putt Putt? You guys, I know yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Someone literally if mentioned you, it last podcast, I believe. Yeah. If you follow the the more entertainment based gaming YouTubers that I do, like Brutal Moose, um, Peanut Butter Gamer. Those guys, like, well, especially, especially Brutal Moose, Ian, he, he's done a video on, like, like a dozen different humongous entertainment games. So, despite not playing them in my youth, I know quite a deal, a good deal about them. And I know that they are pretty much, like, classics for a lot of people that grew up around the same time that, that Ian and I did. This, yeah. is, this is so weird. I feel like you have had a, a weird, transient, like, seven steps of removal from so many incredibly like bizarre fleeting products of entertainment that like <laughs> entered in and out of my lives because like putt putt you know that's like edutainment that's installed on the school computers yeah you, you kind of like yeah that, that was really stretching it like as far as edu- <laughs> like actually any education education that occurred in those games was was fleeting and uh accidental <laughs> i think <laughs> and and Red Faction too. I mean, like, like no offense. It was it was like solid fodder for the early PS2 days. But but I yeah. rented it at Blockbuster a few times. Had had fun with the multiplayer because they had bots in it, if I remember right. And uh, but but when you look at it now, like it's not exactly topping the charts for no. for that era. And and then like oh Guild Wars I got into Guild Wars pretty darn hard when it first came the out first in two thousand five mm-hmm. yeah because oh, I, I wow. was, MMO what I was George? a uh, I, mm-hmm. I hear you're a huge fan of MMOs that's all you want to play okay. yeah but the thing <laughs> the thing about Guild Wars is that you were tapping into the market that I exactly was which was a teenager who was hearing all this stuff about World of Warcraft, but didn't have my own credit card to start a subscription with <laughs> and thus wanted to to see what the the huff and muss, what, whatever the, the expression is. Yeah. I'm just like overwhelmed by, by how dreamy and handsome you are. Um, <laughs> and, and then realizing that you just kind of like press a button to see a timer go down and that's, that's the basis of all combat. And anyways, what... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's I, such a hater. He's such I'm, a hater. I'm, I'm not a I, hater. I love the the hard left turn there. Like <laughs> you're so you're so, so well. dreamy and handsome, and I absolutely despise the game mechanics of the game you work. On. See, see, now that he's he's on the podcast, I have to talk all good things about Guild Wars Two. Guild Wars Two is the best game right now, guys. You are contractually you obligated. Yes. Well, what I want to know is is what I've really been missing out on in terms of just like how MMOs have been handling combat over the past decade. Because back in 2005 and 6, like the way combat worked in in WoW and Guild Wars 1 was such a turnoff for me, which is fine. I mean, my opinion doesn't matter when those games did so well. But I I just feel like the, the reason I haven't been able to get into it nowadays is because like that prejudice was set during some developmental years of mine. No, I mean, that's that's completely legit. I feel the same way. Like Guild Wars 2 definitely took strides to addressing that. It is a lot more action based and there's like you're you're constantly moving around 
generally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I always assume that the more latency demands of an MMO were directly tied to how. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. It's like there, a lot of those mechanics are, are dictated by the platform. It's not it's not like yeah. we choose. Oh, we want really slow lagging combat. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Nature remember, of the beast. I remember Terra uh, attempted to do the real time combat thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it worked to an extent. But yeah. I know Terra also didn't do very well, and that might have been because their character designs were awful, uh, terrible, if you will. Oh, Terra, you want to yeah. play as a little tiny person? I thought, I thought some of them were cool. If I, if, it, if I'm, uh, it's hard for it, me to keep them all differentiated in my mind. There's so many it, it, out there now. It was hit and miss, but uh, Terra suffered from the um, from the like knockoff Korean MMO vibe of like every, yeah. every girl has a baby face on a oh baby a, face and then gigantic breasts right yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. which is a perfectly like, realistic combination yeah like oh, don't so take creepy. that as me saying that like gigantic breasts is just by, by default a bad thing Many, there are many good characters out there with oh, that. No, no, there's no woman that listens to this podcast. Sexuality confirmed. <laughs> That's the total but, but the the baby face thing on top of it is really just like, please learn how to craft a better face that looks like an actual person. Yeah. Anyway, I, not, I, not I, to I, tangent off. Say, talking about um, um, beauty, um, I wanted to ask you, Josh, what what drives you to mess with your hair and beard so much you guys don't see it okay you guys don't you see what you see on skype here this picture is not what josh looks like okay he has this ridiculous like crazy beard and he he, he looks cool it, I'm, I'm looking any... it up right now in real time yeah look, go to look my youtube channel josh Foreman, you're gonna see image. like his whole thing and i'd never yeah. seen he, he, he do you have a stylist or are you just you just rock in that craziness you know just well, it's, like, what's uh, up so with does, does the, 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 the months in the years in Japan kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, twisted you up inside? I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Here's what, so I will acknowledge up front. I have way too many affectations. Like I, I'm just ridiculous. I'm a ridiculous person and, <laughs> it, and it's only partially by choice. So God, I I was married for 11 years before my current marriage of 11 years. And during that time, it, how I looked was very strictly regimented by my wife. And mm. when that ended, it was it was one of those things where like and, and I got married like directly out of high school. So I literally had never had a chance to feel like I was expressing any you know individuality oh, myself. And okay. so it was one of those things where it was like I just I just overshot it. Right. You, you're fucking your broccoli leg weights. Your your Goku weighted uh, weighted gi was thrown off. Exactly. And you were at your full power. Yeah, I super saiyaned out of there, and uh, yeah, so that my hair just kind of ended up doing that. The beard, in, specifically, is because I'm working on a, a YouTube video where I'm sculpting uh, Colossus from Shadow of the Colossus, and yeah. it's the six one Barba who has this massive beard. So when I started filming, I had no beard, and the idea is it's gonna you know I'm gonna compress all those years of, of sculpting into you know a couple minute video and you'll see my beard grow out to match it at the end and then at the <laughs> end great. i'm gonna have my son dressed up as wander and he's gonna like you know through green screen he's gonna crawl up my beard and then stab me in the top of the head to kill me and, <laughs> and, and, spoilers yeah spoiler, spoiler alert um for all the billions of people that are listening to this i'm, I'm sorry uh but yeah i that's that's like the video i hope goes viral right so right you, you still got like the hip stylized 
like like lightning from Final Fantasy 13 hair, like blonde and spiking off to the side. So, so yeah, I was, was going to say the new the new Final Fantasy boys, like those four of them <laughs> driving around in my car on the car are like they all have some variant of hair that I've had throughout you, the you, years. You should cosplay. <laughs> think, think of think of the potential. All that all that youthful energy is still there. It's just, it's just in your hair. <laughs> this is this is some insider info right here. Final Fantasy Fifteen is actually based off of the psyche of Josh Foreman. Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. it's all fragments so of it, my personality. I I do have another like two questions I'm feverishly interested in, and that only because you're 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 a wise old man who who can fill me in on whether or not this stuff actually happened. Jesus, George. <laughs> I, I, I really want to know though. Like during Look, here, just before you say the thing, okay. you can you can uh, you could say the same compliment that you just tried to say, but in a, in a way that's like flattering as opposed to was, No, was I love it. Flattering? Let me tell you one thing real quick. Like I had you a You called him an old man. Of course it's not flattering. <laughs> I had the best comment on a YouTube video where someone said and I almost have it memorized because I put this on a on a business card. He said, oh, no. this fat, middle-aged emo hipster is in charge of living world. You know, that yeah. explains a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I've got fat, middle-aged emo hipster has, on my business card. Has the, the wisdom of your... Okay. okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I was I need, just saying the question. The, the, some, there's an idiot community, this, this minority idiot community of Guild Wars 2 that drives me mad. Okay. <laughs> And it just, just drives me insane. I've never s- said that right on my channel. But Josh, holy crap. All right, go ahead, we man. <laughs> and has, has the wisdom from your years gleaned you the knowledge of whether or not there was a mass exodus of mainstream video gaming during the mid-90s that, uh, like, did, did janky... CD FMV games and like really bad 3D games with incomprehensible controls uh, uh, throw a lot of people who had played games off earlier in the years. Because when the Nintendo was pitching the Wii, that was their uh, uh, a lot of their language behind why they wanted to make the control scheme so radically different and target casuals again is because from their numbers, they were seeing an audience leave around that time who were really turned off by the N64 controller. But us, that was what we grew up with, so that's what we're used to. And I'm wondering if you saw like a drastically different change in tone and style going on as games started catering to people who grew up with the really complicated 3D stuff that turned off older generations. Um... That's kind of complicated. I, I definitely think that people, you know, my age, the Gen Xers, a lot of them did leave gaming around the, the mid and late 90s. I think a lot of that had to do with just the demographic shift of, you know, getting married, having kids sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't, you know, they didn't grow up with video games in the same way you guys did. Um, there wasn't that kind of cultural and personal attachment to the to it as an art form as you know something that you consumed it was seen as a childhood toy and you still get echoes of that in in the culture today of that attitude that you know well when you grow up you stop playing video games um and so i mean that that was definitely a thing that existed then that i think doesn't exist now i'm not sure how that ties into the to the overcomplicated control scheme stuff not sure (laughs) uh i just want to like 
interject and addendum and whatever to George's statement and say that yes, we grew up with it, but le- like don't like don't dance around the issue. Nobody ever thought the N64 controller was good. Nobody was used to it. Nobody is comfortable with it. It's the worst controller that's ever been made for a game console, at least at least the big game consoles. And man, I would love to see that phase out of history and never be mentioned well, again. Okay, here's the thing. So, so I, I, I'm being facetious, of course. It's it's so not I, that bad. I but was, it's really bad. I was an adult when that system came out, and having the. It's hard to explain. It's it's like people who were an adult when Star Wars came out and how that, you know, foundational and groundbreaking and all that was. Right, um, right. It, it's it's one of those things where it facilitated this new experience that that was just unprecedented before. You know, the the level of you know, valiance, whatever you want to put on that of when you're in the game and you feel like you're a part of it as you never mm-hmm. had before. It was so powerful that the controller was kind of seen as this is this is what makes that possible. <laughs> kind of like the way a big, stupid, bulky VR headset is now, right? It's, it's like, oh my God, it's such an existence. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, yes, it is terrible in retrospect, but at the time it was fine. Yeah, I. it just, it, it fascinates me because, I mean, okay, I... I do not know when, when consoles came out. I'm not going to pull a date out of my ass and pretend like I... No, I know. Uh, the PS1 was before the N64. Yeah, right? before. The PS1's controller is really good. It's not the best, but it's really good. It's certainly Why? better than the N64. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, is a, that is a low, low bar to, to set. But yes, it is. I It just absolutely boggles my mind whenever the n64 is brought up that somebody signed off on the n64 controller probably multiple people signed off on it and nintendo in general is boggling i mean everything they do is mind-boggling an explanation behind this it's the it's the analog stick the idea was that in a 3d game you have eight directions to move around in versus a 2d game where you have four primary directions to move around in so they wanted more finesse and sensitivity just because there are three dimensions does not mean that humans will grow a third hand in order to grip the controller and use all of its buttons. So but, but Nintendo, there was a <laughs> Nintendo made a controller with an analog stick for 3D games and fucked up. Sony learned from their mistake and, and tacked on two analog sticks to their controller in 1998. And thus is the same controller we're using nowadays, which I think is kind of depressing. Wait, did, did the PS1 not have analog sticks? No. Not until 98. Mm. Hang on. I'm going to clickety-clack keyboard again. Just... I, I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah. Japan I, in 97. I don't remember. I, I literally couldn't play the PS1 because it, like, it upset my stomach, the the texture oh. swimming oh, yeah. thing. Like... PS1 games don't look good. Okay. okay. Uh, then uh, fucking post guy, post me, cut out my earlier statement. That makes me look like an idiot because... <laughs> PS1 controller is just the Super Nintendo controller. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, um, I like it better than the Super Nintendo controller. Well, it, ha- it had I mean, little handles, right? I mean, it grips right? better. Yeah, but, it grips yeah. way better. I, I was... I had the, the, like, PS2 controller image in my head. I thought that was the PS1 mm-hmm. from the beginning. So I was like, why is there... Why is there a perfectly good controller with analog sticks? And then Nintendo's like, let's fucking make a trident and slap some <laughs> shit on it. Like... <laughs> Sorry. I, I have nothing I, to I, say. That, I'm just tangenting. That, that folds into the next big question I have, and that is that uh, 
Uh, I was having a conversation with some friends of mine about the past 15 years of video game development and how how fun it's been. And I feel like something really weird must have happened between like after 2007 and before 2011, where there was some real creative stagnation going on in console gaming, especially Japanese console gaming that might have been related to a skyrocketing cost of development for hd games and a lot of companies yeah. just not knowing how to handle that yeah yeah oh, oh you just said yes yeah, so maybe that means you know what i'm talking about because it's such I a like, absolutely abstract know what you're thing talking to, about to to speak about no i okay so this this i can't speak directly to just being an, an artist in the industry so and that's really where we're hit the hardest when it comes to production costs because the art pipeline has gone from Okay, so when I started in the industry, we were using a program called D-Paint, where it's like poking pixels all day, and that's where you made your assets <laughs> and you export out of that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes, so we went from that, and then slowly the, the the art pipeline has gone from you know from one program to two to three to four to you know at this point there's twenty to thirty steps that an art asset will travel through before it's it's finished. And gets into the game, and every mm -hmm. one of those requires specialized knowledge. Another, you know, day or two worth of work. You know, you look at a chair in a video game, or a, a pile of sandbags, or whatever, and the amount of work that's gone into that has just yeah quintupled. Because I don't know, whatever it's gone start, up like a hundred times around like two thousand seven. You had to bump map. The, yeah, the that sandbags. was the big thing. Once, once, well, not just the bump maps. What really kicked in that period? Uh, well, more like the 2010-ish. Started a little before that on the cutting edge was was the ZBrush pipeline, where you you modeled out, you digitally sculpted every asset by hand in a super high uh, resolution format, and then you have to bake that out into a you know through a variety of processes, and that just adds a, another huge amount of uh, time and effort. So, yeah, absolutely. The the price to make a top quality, you know, top tier triple A game was just had a huge leap at that point. And as a result, everyone gets really stagnant. I, I was actually just reading a book called uh, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, I believe he was the he's the president of Pixar, kind of the founder of Pixar and mm -hmm. um and now in charge of Disney Animation Studios, too. But mm -hmm. he was talking about how they got to a point I want to say it was around the mid 2000s where they they were they were saying we're starting to feel this impulse of we we have to constrain our vision and our experimentation because everything's so expensive that right. they Ooh, they like just hurts. made it a company mandate we're going to cut everything 10% across the board specifically so that we can remain creative and wow. experimental cuz uh like I remember I I was really into modding when I was in the thick of my nerdy, awful high school years, around like 2003, 2004, the big games I always modded were, were Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Academy. And then in 2004, uh, Doom 3 came out. I got a copy of that and started getting into map making for that too. And I just noticed like it was so much more work to make the same map look as good in Doom 3. And, and Quake, uh, well... They didn't call it the, the Quake 4 engine at that point, but in id Tech 4 versus id Tech 3, it the same level just required more work put into things like bump mapping. And like all of a sudden you had to pay attention to how shadows worked, which, which yeah. wasn't a thing. It, it was just the same 
Uh, yeah, it was just the more more work for the same quality product at, at the end of the thing. And that's kind of when I lost really lost interest in game development itself was how much more tedious it got at that mm-hmm. point, even on like my one super duper shitty high schooler making mods and maps level. And I, I really should give it another chance because like like the common narrative is that the bottom uh, lower levels of, of like 2D game development is incredibly more cheaper now than it has been ever before. Oh, yeah. But but 3D, yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering. You can, open up, you can open up Game Maker and just follow like a real simple tutorial and then mm-hmm. you can have like a working platformer base in like yeah. 15, 20 minutes. That reminds me. I, I did school, a video- they start you off that way, too. I did a yeah. video on bots uh, recently on FPS bots, and I, I even nowadays, having not done that in fifth, not fifteen years, like nine years, ten, eleven, maybe, <laughs> was still able to load up like an old Unreal editor, uh, and and also Radiant for Quake Three, and just quickly drag out a basic prototyping move for testing these bots as AI in ten to fifteen minutes. And I don't, I don't know if you can do that in in the same like. Those were the cutting edge engines of their day, and I just well, wonder how, so, how easy it is to prototype in the cutting edge engines of nowadays in comparison. Actually, on that front, a lot of things have gotten better. The Unreal and the um, uh, Unity, most of their scripting and stuff has gone to this node-based system where you're just like connecting balls with wires to to set up almost everything across the board. And so the actual kind of content design and implementation uh, tools are fantastic. It's it's literally, it's the art side that that's ridiculous. If you it's, want to uh, make your own whatever, it's going to, yeah, it's oh, going to be like, crazy. kind of like Unreal then. <clears throat> or you, you, you match uh, these little, it, it looks like you're making a web of like yeah, bubbles, yeah, it's, it's, basically. I, Exactly. That yeah. The Unreal, the Unity. Um, I, I think the Frostbite engine works a similar way. Like yeah, it's, I, I it's kind, this, of, kind of across the board. It's the new the new wave of uh, tool design. I bet this is a really outdated, stupid question. But are map compiling times still a thing? In in some engines, because that was a big turnoff at the time too. Was like sitting in front of my computer and just waiting for an hour before I could play what I built. No, the vast majority of the engines now you click a button and within a second or two you're running around in the map. That blew my like, mind about Unreal Ed. Like the 1999 <laughs> version I was playing with this year didn't have to compile its map, and I was like, really? <laughs> when I was a kid, I was using the other one that that needed me to wait an hour. Wow! For the last two weeks, I've been messing with Unreal because it's free now, and um. I was learning kind of how to use cinematics and stuff like that. And like, George, you could just walk in there. Cause I remember you talking about unreal way back for the modding and you can just jump in there. You can even load up a template if you want or get some mm-hmm. free assets and just yeah, kind of make just, your just own go to thing. Their, go to their community and people have uploaded blueprints for almost anything you could imagine. And you yeah. can just almost plug and play, like drop those in. And and you can look at the blueprints and then change what you want. Now, of course, you have to kind of learn what what it all means. And like yeah. for me, I was trying to change the time of day, and it drove me mad uh, to get a certain shot. And just just I feel like I feel like it's a lot more. It reminded me of the game maker days when I was in college and I was learning game maker. I was like, oh, this is this is like the simplest form of <laughs> game making. 
super simple. Uh, and also, I, I don't know, a humble indie bundle. They had a had a game maker thing, and they had a whole oh, bunch of I didn't stuff. Pick it, up. it was like super cheap, but it's over now. Um, but anyways, right, yeah. Right. Rest in peace. I, Rest in peace. I, I remember <laughs> curved surface curved surfaces in the map editor being a huge pain in the neck, where you had to move <laughs> yeah. almost every single vertice ver- vertices of the uh, of the curved surface one at a time on the giant grid. Otherwise, you'd end up with a spiky, awful mess. Did did they ever figure that out? How to do curved surfaces? <laughs> I feel like I feel like yes. George is like Captain America coming out of the, the, the fucking yeah, being yeah. frozen, and he's like, "What? Do they cars? What's that? Oh man, cars are like a thing now. Cool." So, Josh, what do you yeah. have time to play games? You make uh, games. Do you have time to play games? What have oh, you been I make, playing? I make time. So the the game I play That's... every single day is uh, Nuclear Throne. Like I I literally oh, really? wake up, my alarm goes off, I pick up my PS Vita, and I play Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. My favorite. I just want you to know the right when you said my alarm goes off, pick up my controller. In my head, it was you in this like really really just like cheesy video and it just starts with fucking smash mouth somebody <laughs> what's told and just nuclear tone goes on immediately yeah more or less i mean because it spikes my adrenaline within five or ten minutes and i'm like yeah oh, that's right that's really smart that's yeah really smart, and then i'm actually. totally ready for the day but uh yeah so i just in general like action rogue lights are my bread and butter i just love all mm. of those um Lately, uh, let's see. I just got the last uh, Tomb Raider game. Oh. Started that up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like there's so like so many of the elements that go into these games are just take incredible amounts of talent. But we're so swamped with so much of like very similar things. Like in that way, it's kind of like Marvel movies, you know? Where it's yeah. like. Man, whoever worked on the Iron Man suit, right? Like, brilliant yeah. artist, clearly. But by the time you've seen 500 Iron Man suits and they're flying at a million miles an hour and cities are falling down every single time, it's just yeah, like... it loses you, its, uh, yeah, its shine. It's, exactly. And so it's one of those things where I, I feel awful that I'm not like you know my hair blowing back like that RCA guy every time I play <laughs> one of these games. But it's just like, ah, I've seen so yeah, much of I this. Mean, it, it's it is getting to that point. I mean, I, I think it probably goes through this. Like, there's probably been different forms of this throughout the the entire span of the game industry's life cycle. But like, currently, stuff is like, oh, it's open world. What a turnoff! Like, that's yeah. what I'm seeing so much right now. Like, a lot of things that are like, yes, technically incredible, and and the actual artistry and the design and stuff that goes into them. It it shouldn't be anything short of like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. But everybody's doing amazing now. Exactly. And when everybody's doing the same kind of amazing, it stops. You have to be more amazing, amazing to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, actually, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Um, there was the guys who made uh, Yalton. I f- what is there? Thunder Thunder something games. They, they made Yalton. And their second game they just announced is like basically this like gorgeous looking hand drawn metroidvania and there's like a there's like 
one mention in an article somewhere that's like, yeah, it's uh, some of the level is like some of the world is like procedural. And the comments were half like, this looks amazing and half. Wow, it's going to be procedural. What another shit game. And it's like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that. Did you see all the other good things about it? Like, what the hell, man? Uh, so. Yeah, sadly, that word got extremely tarnished with No Man's Sky, which which is a shame. Oh, like, yeah. I, I still think pr- procedural is the future of the industry, uh, not in the sense that, you know, all games are going to be all procedural, but in the sense of uh, freeing up a lot of that art, art pipeline and stuff that has so constrained our creative vision really bump map the sandbags <laughs> exactly well, i mean there's just a lot of grunt work and super obvious artistic rules that a program can do once yeah. we figure out how to how to hook that up it's called I mean, thunderous like, lotus games thunder lotus games thunder lotus that's what it was um yeah that if you haven't seen that by the way the game sundered? is called sundered sundered are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> no so, wonder you like it. <laughs> look. Yes. Yes, okay. That that is a factor in why I like the, the game. But uh so expect a real review of that when it comes out in 2017. By the way, really happy that it wasn't a Kickstarter game, which is like a, another another thing along those lines where it's like, oh, Kickstarter. But it's just just because I wanted to come out sooner. And if it was Kickstarter, it'd be like, well, I can expect that game in 2019 but um but yeah i I, I don't know i just like it it's it it is interesting that that like dynamic where so many games that are coming out are good but they're just other games are doing the same thing so like it becomes a why bother kind of thing yeah well it's one of those uh, i mean especially in the triple a console space it's so many of the games are like, here's a spectacle set piece and here's a spectacle set piece and just over and over and over. And I think that's why I've been on such a, a roguelite kick lately. It's like you're mm. you're digging depth into into the mechanical systems and really like it, there's just there's a depth there that you don't get when you're just presented with with spectacle over and over again. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, um, so, so we've gone on for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe we can. I don't know if you guys want to say what you've been playing. I mean, I've been playing whatever I sorry, could say sorry. is far less interesting than what like, was just said. Yeah. Two weeks ago, it was me, Matt, and Lee, and we talked about Magic the Gathering and literally no video games for half an hour. <laughs> this week, we've talked about the most, like, the most into it, deep, like, really like meaty video games industry and design and development yeah. discussion oh man um, we haven't even talked about cutscenes yet oh gosh, oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> uh, i mean i mean i i didn't do much i, I play a little bit of xcom 2 still all of you guys died i downloaded uh, an I was, ainsley wait, harriet voice pack so i can have him in the game you know the guy oh no yeah <laughs> give you the guy whose voice does rub. not match yeah, 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 well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw like a hundred pictures of that guy before I you, actually you, heard him talk, and then I was like, "Oh, what? You are what? a gem, Matt. You are you are an adorable little cutie pie." Yeah, I love. Oh my gosh, I love that guy. His face expression while he's just rubbing that chicken. Rubbing that oh, he's so yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> so dirty. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You just just XCOM too? Did, um. Oh well, I, I, I picked up Pokemon again. And I did try, I did try and kind of didn't 
pick back up a couple games like City Builders, like what was going mm-hmm. around? Uh, what is it? O- Open TTD. Played a little bit of that with a friend, have a game going on where you basically build a trans um, transport system and you make money mm-hmm. from it. And you, you, you and your friends have companies and you like, you know, pick your own side of the world or whatever. And then I went to Anno. 1404 because he says it was mm-hmm. pretty good didn't last too long in there did it made me think of rise of nations so i went to that for a little bit and then i wanted to try something really really new since uh sim city was eh i went to uh city skylines which is actually pretty good but then i i think i kind of learned at that point like i don't know these, these games take too long and <laughs> and i just don't have enough time to sit here and look at things being built um and i don't know i i I guess it it would just i was not in the mood for it so yeah that's pretty much been my experience other than like work yeah what about you guys uh well i mean sorry josh but i've just been playing more legion um (laughs) because he's a guild wars (laughs) (laughs) i apologize i i i'm just Taken with the Warcraft universe. Um, raiding finally started in Legion, and I haven't raided. So my my guild was like, we did the raid. And I was like, oh, good. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's, so, it's, about- it's so weird to think about because it's, it's, yeah, sure, you work for a company, but it's also your job, too. So do you have, like, some type of loyalty to, like, oh, no, you should always play. Is, this is, is the Guild one Wars MMO that you should play. Your MMO of choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can no, even answer that. I don't think any of us have that kind of pressure. No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's it's a job, and I, I happen to work at a company that I like, and it's a product that I mm-hmm. enjoy. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a person, so. Right, no, I, I, right. I wasn't actually, I don't think that you'd actually be upset at me that I play World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it's upset just, I at, at so 7 million people or whatever their numbers are. Yeah. So yeah. mad. And you know, it's I like mean, nice. We don't, we don't know what their numbers are. <laughs> it's it's like nice that you're here and can talk to us about stuff, because I feel like the, the job security you have at ArenaNet might not end up factoring into that like a lot of times we get developers who are way more tight-lipped about stuff probably because they might worry they might say the one thing wrong that'll give them the excuse for the layoff <laughs> yeah which i mean is like totally fine and acceptable but like it's we we've had i think maybe one other fred uh game dev that we talked yeah fred, no, yeah. No, um, no remember when we had the uh yacht club guy on i, and, I didn't he, finish my sentence he had to leave for a meeting i didn't finish my sentence okay <laughs> i didn't finish one other game dev guy who was like like open and was like willing to like talk about industry stuff more oh, in depth. Oh yeah, and it was uh refreshing. It's it, nice. Is Yacht Club the people who did Shovel Knight? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that game. Yes. Yeah. I think universally that's the the consensus. I also oh, like uh, that SAB. Um, you know, Super Adventure Box. I wonder when that's coming I've back. Heard of it? Yeah. I wonder when that's. <laughs> Well, that I actually can talk about. <laughs> oh, you you can actually talk about. All right, so guys, well, I mean, it, it's a it's, game it's inside of known. Guild Wars Two uh, that it's it's gotten a little <laughs> you know a little famous um, because it you it, know kind of goes they, they take it away and they bring it back they take it away so they they keep it nice it's and like fresh. Like the McRib. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Even though 
Well, it's, it's I was going to do a bad example of the McRib, but yeah, McRib. yeah, Vanderbox is better than the McRib. <laughs> they use real meat in the Mc, in this McRib example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, no, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I was just going to say for for people who aren't familiar with it, just think of what Stranger Things is to '80s movies. That's uh. what Super Adventure Box is intended to be for video games. Great. Oh, I'm in. That, that's that's great. Yeah, because it, it actually brings people who don't normally play Guild Wars Two into the game, which is quite oh, yeah. interesting. I did that a lot. Yeah, yeah, because it's just I've so never, weird yeah. to see that. So much like people coming up to me at at uh, EC. At, sorry, let me. This is a regional thing, Emerald City Comic Con or PAX or whatever, and they'll just be like, "Oh, Josh Foreman, you're the reason I played Guild Wars 2. I'm like, <laughs> well, well, okay. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> bring back people like different. <laughs> people like different, and that's 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 jumping puzzles, and that that's that's kind of what I remember. Those are those those things I always remember is jumping puzzles and SAP. And nice. it, yeah, there you go. What about you, yeah. Mister Weed, Mister Weed Man? Uh, Before we leave you out, I have one last question for Josh. God damn it! That does Just say count. what you played. We can ask him after the break. We're already like pushing like forty five minutes. I, I didn't 50. play anything. I'm a normal person this week. I got a normal person sleep schedule you're, after you're all this Japan up. stuff, and I'm catching up on on work. So I I just really want to know that. Oh, it's killing me. God damn. All right, go for it. Do you do you see a lot of progress being made, or do you have a lot of faith in that procedural generation asset creation you were talking about earlier? It, with with regards to like the possibility of bump mapping a texture that would normally have to have to be bump mapped by hand. Yes, there is already yes. a program okay. called Substance Designer that does a lot of that work for you that, you know, you just say, I want a rock. And then you're like moving sliders for how much erosion is on it or, you know, stains <laughs> yeah, or pitted yeah. how much of a quality. rock you want it to be. Yeah. How rocky you want the rock to be. Yes or no. <laughs> and you move the slider and, it, you know, on one end, it's like an elephant and the other end, it's a rock. <laughs> no, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> do, do you know where it gets that data from that it's uh, like, well, like how it gets its starting point for what a rock is? Okay, so I mean, it doesn't literally create a mesh out of nothing. Well, can't uh, it probably could? No, but I mean, essentially, you're you're taking an a shape, and you're and you're saying what physical parameters. Now that we have photo, uh, what's that called? P PDR photogrammetry. No, um, it. Sorry, I totally know what this is. I'm a professional. However, I can't say it right now. <laughs> anyway, okay, the, so the, the point is, like, you're setting how the specularity <laughs> of it, the, <Yeah. laughs> the bumpiness, the cragginess, the, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of that stuff, you used to have to go in and paint by hand or sculpt it onto the thing in ZBrush or whatever. And so this is a massive shortcut towards that. And so, and I mean, even over the, even in Guild Wars 1, we had a system where we seed randomly within, you know, we would define an area and within that we would say we want these kind of trees and this kind of grass and these kind of pebbles. And it would randomly like throw those into that zone. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been around for a long time and its use is expanding and I see it expanding further into design as well, just setting up. You know, simple NPC type of interactions, even as far as like quests building, um, I can see a lot of that stuff happening. Um, I mean, right now, quest design in most games, it's it's just not good. It's 
You know, it's like I need. What are you talking about? The Thieves Guild, the Thieves Guild from Skyrim. That shit wasn't yeah. wasn't bad. Are you talking about <laughs> MMO quest design or other I'm normal about, RPG quest design? I'm talking about all quest design and all genres. Okay. Okay. I'm be sarcastic. The Thieves Guild was shit. There's there's guild. exceptions, obviously. I mean, Witcher had some incredibly, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, super super detailed and and something that you really felt like there was there was depth to it. The vast majority of them, it's just almost like cut and paste. You know, uh, Citizen Y needs Object X, go get it and bring yeah. it back. And, and that kind of stuff can totally be driven by procedural systems, and no one would bat an eyelash that, or realize that it's that. You know. Yeah. And, and so it's not and I'm not saying that's that's the watermark and we need to hit that. No, no. And we're going to do better than that. Uh, but what I'm saying is like what exists right now could totally be done procedurally. And there are people working towards that. Yeah. And, and I was about to say, like the ideal that I'm thinking of with with regards to procedural asset generation is using the resources that saves and putting them towards uh, uh, quality, inventive, innovative gameplay solutions. And yeah. the the downside, of course, would be like 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 speed tree in oblivion, where you notice very quickly all the trees look the same. And and this is like another thing I noticed happening from like 2007 to 2011. Like a lot of of mid tier Unreal Engine three games had the same lighting effects across the board in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. The, the very that that very brown and bloomy look that you uh saw it between like rainbow six vegas and and splinter cell double agent have levels that look almost exactly the same and it's it, it was tough for a while there yeah a lot of that has to do with the colorization process that they put it through i mean it, it was it was a huge trend in hollywood right in the late 90s and early 2000s i mean it's it's kind of trailing off now but it, it used to be like every movie was you know blue or brown or green or whatever and oh yeah and games were just like you know we have this infatuation with hollywood and think we need to do everything hollywood does and so that kind of happened yeah yeah anyways uh so so enjoy your full podcast length intro to the podcast <laughs> um, we're gonna cut to a break and come back with some news and also <gasps> wait for it a podcast question from a listener whoa really this whoa. Is wait like, wait oh, hold cute. on hold on i actually put that i wanted to say that before i was just about to interrupt you before you end off but i actually put the questions inside of the conversation so the questions came from Levi, Fred, Ernesto, and Liam. Okay, so those four questions. Oh, I didn't actually ask this one. Um, so, um, Cantha. <laughs> okay, there are some things I can't say. <laughs> Bush. Ready? Yeah, back in. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready. Ready, Freddy. Oh shit, that's right. I'm the guy. Um, yeah, you're the you're <laughs> the one. Who, sorry, who I already. Back in. I want to be the guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a video game reference. <laughs> <laughs> <Clever>. <laughs> 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 
we're back like literally redoing the format of the whole podcast by the second to yeah. uh no, it's fine it's fine it's it's super duper fun and i really like how it's going so far but we have decided during the commercial break that we're not going to tackle all of the news topics we put on the document because we have actually a lot more fun stuff to talk about uh, right. One of which is a question that uh, let's let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, Matt. you eliminated the Palmer Lucky one. Oh, okay. oh yeah, because <laughs> Jimmy doesn't okay. want to talk totally, about Trump. Not, I just hold Trump. I heard Trump, and I totally dismissed it. And then I saw Palmer Lucky that was scratched. Out. I was like, oh yeah, because I did see about that. And people were like, oh, you need to be a Vive user. Anyway, the question <laughs> um, about that yeah. was um, Oculus about, Matt. Let's hear the question. So as, as Trump supporter listen, Matt Visual, listen, let's hear the question. Oh my god! I, I feel please. like listen, look, I feel he's he's just he's just one guy in a huge company. If I like a product more than the other, I should be okay to like I, that product regardless I, of the ridiculousness of that person. Okay. Okay. okay Is that okay, okay look, Matt? Let's look. build a wall. Visual. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyways. Remember when we crossed this topic off the list okay, because okay. some of us didn't yeah, want to talk that's about why, it? That's why. That's why. I'm just saying. I'm just. I. I was just. I'm just clarifying. <laughs> me having an Oculus Rift. What's the question? Okay. Okay. I'm just the question you had. Okay. I, I want to back up something Matt's saying though, real quick. Is that imagine? Imagine the worst person you can. I guarantee you, any product you buy, any game you play. Yeah. A person just like that has worked on it. Exactly my there. point. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, all right there is speaking about food uh there is a lot of cereal at arena net guys when i mean a lot of cereal i mean there is a lot of cereal there is containers coming from the roof and candy taking it back that's it's there's a lot there's a lot yeah it's kind of like a a bigger uh college cafeteria um and the question is how good is the cereal uh, well, I carb starve myself 90% of the time. So whenever I have it, it's like heaven in my mouth. <laughs> and what do you choose? <laughs> I I usually do a, uh, so I, I don't know if you guys called this, but when you were kids, you go into 7-Eleven, you get a big gulp and you do a little bit of every flavor. And we called that a suicide. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I, I do a suicide of cereal. Does the, uh, oh, no. does the cereal get <laughs> Wait, stale? Do you- no, no, I mean, it, 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 they replace it every, you know, yeah, it's not couple fucking days or whatever. Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the cereal budget cuts into the uh, uh, gameplay testing um, prototyping budget? Yeah, absolutely. We've we've See, I've refused to ship several expansions, especially <laughs> Cantha. We, we had to cut Cantha because all the money was going to cereal. It's it's really sad. I knew it. I was. I mean, you kind of in before my joke. I was going to say is 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 SAB taken off of the shelf so that you guys can <laughs> refuel your cereal stores? Is that like the reason? No, that's the candy. That's why we ah. have candy. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh man. Well, there, there you go. That that's the question amongst. Uh, man, that, that is a probing question right there. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I just want to follow this up because I'm, I'm journalism. Gen- I'm genuinely curious by your your suicide combination of of cereals. Do, yeah, what flavors are are you mixing here? Because that could be either like pretty good or it could be like like a nightmare cereal. And 
I want to know like what like are you like mixing five. the chocolate with the fruity? Yeah, like okay, like are so, we getting like Fruit Loops and Cocoa Pebbles together? Because yeah. uh, that's no, a no, no, that's, no, that's disgusting. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, generally, the generally they stay on the kind of the <laughs> sweet to semi-sweet, like honey to cinnamon spectrum. Imagine that. Okay. So that's okay, and, and they they cycle very fairly periodically, but it'll be like honey honey nut Cheerios, cinnamon toast crunch, some kind of granola ish. Thing with dates in it, and Ooh, I can't remember yeah. what the what the other thing is. But I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 okay, it's that, that's good. that's a perfectly reasonable one. Yeah, no, that, no, that no chocolate and fruit mixing in cereal. All that's right. that should not happen. Because even with the the suicide like Slurpee or icy or whatever, wherever you're getting it from, like yeah, like go all the weird sour fruity flavors, but don't don't add coke to that like what are you doing man? yeah don't add the coke flavor no, i mean i'm all in favor of building a wall between fruit loops and oh, no. chocolate you know the, the chocolate <laughs> stuff and then make the chocolate the the, the cocoa puffs guy pay for that God wall damn it oh. make america great again buy oculus <laughs> can, I, can i say bush <laughs> yeah you did you did it bush, yes. bush is already, out, it's in it's yeah, in. Bush, Bush didn't stand a chance no, this time. No, it's no, yeah, stop, no, he did no. It. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, yeah, st- stop up? me before Hi. I go on. You, you have, you have something that'll stop me right in my tracks, right? Right. A bit, a big uh, long uh, question that that you got in the email. Yeah, you'll you'll stop in your tracks when you hear that we've got a user question via email. Whoa. What's what's to say? Better, better sit. Let's, don't sit down because you'll stand this up when you hear and this. Take it out and read it. <laughs> Oh, that's what you were talking about before the break. Oh, you were legit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I pasted in the Skype chat, and I said oh, I pasted it in the Skype yeah, it's, chat. It's, oh. it's right there. What, what are you okay. talking about? It's right. on this envelope. About the yeah, it's in the envelope. Um, okay, so oh, uh, oh, for the sake of I don't I don't know how much of your name you want. This is a question by John. John, you'll probably know yourself once you hear your question read. John Tron. But no. <laughs> Yes, yes. John Jafari asks. No, it's not John Tron. Um, You're just trying to protect him. I'm just going to read the email so you guys get the entire context of it. They say uh, this week you weren't getting. You you said you weren't getting enough podcast questions, so I thought I'd send you one. Do you think Pokemon Uranium has suffered the same kind of stigma as emulation? Most media outlets have reported the game that the game was taken down by Nintendo, but few reports the trouble. Few report the troubles (laughs) post-launch. The game's server was hit with uh, DDoS attacks almost a month before they were actually taken down by Nintendo. It almost makes it makes me think it was some side of, some kind of vigilante-style raid on the project to keep it down until Nintendo could get to it. Uh, plenty of media outlets were taking shots at it as well. One podcast implied they deserved it for making a free fan game instead of a paid original game. And they just gen- generally say that they'd like to hear our thoughts on this subject. I, I've only heard sympathy. I as well. I as well have only heard sympathy, but as well, people I don't. People said they that they they agreed with Nintendo taking this down. Yeah, and yeah. I remember us being like, "Boo!" <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, like Josh, it, remember it, that? <laughs> in, in general, I, in general, my thoughts on fan games are usually it to me. I don't see much of a difference between it and something like fan art or a music remix or something along those lines. Obviously it's a much bigger, more complicated project, but uh, like I, I'm firmly in the camp that if it's free, 
And if it's like a, you know, someone's extension of the IP is like, like, this is what I would have done. Or like, this is a fun thing that I made. As long as they're not piggybacking to make money off of it or something, I find it okay. But I, I know that's not everyone's opinion. And, and uranium, um, uranium wasn't taking um, donations or anything like that, right? I'm not sure. Uh, I know AM2R was did have like a PayPal donation thing set up on their site, but it's, I don't know about sketchy? uranium. Like, cause I don't know. I w- Every time I, I get into these online Pokemon games, I jump on it real quick because I I want it. I've been wanting it for years. Uh, and Nintendo never wants to do things properly, just like they keep coming out with these really cool anime shorts. But they come out with this this stupid kitty garbage that they have. <laughs> what's the latest one? Pokemon XY? Watch the first episode of that garbage. Watch the first. Uh, anyways. Um. Sorry, <clears throat> we're not talking about shows here. We're talking about games. It's uh, getting personal. Now. Yeah, it's getting. Yeah, it's getting a little. <laughs> Matt, like, you still watch, watch fir- cartoons for children? Yeah, dude, watch the first episode of Pokemon. The fir- the our first ever episode, season yeah. one. It's yeah, I, I actually bet pretty it good was for kids. It's actually pretty yeah, good. but you were a child at the time. You're no, like I holding it to the shitty standards recently, you had at the time. Recently, just now. But but you have a personal just connection. You just watch it during the just break. now, I watch it during the break. Okay, all of us sat around here in silence. But, we can hear but, the TV playing through Matt's speakers, and we just kind of you know. Yeah. But Matt, were, were your were your nostalgia glasses off, or did you have them on? Yeah, no, they, they were off. Anyway, no, I wouldn't. No. I'm not saying that there, it was fantastic. I'm saying that where it's gone, it's were, gone. Were you watching? Been, the original Japanese okay, version. Okay. Hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Off topic. Again. This, this, yeah, this, this is tangential. Uh, so you're saying that they're releasing like shitty kid animes and stuff, all right, and, all right, and, all right, and I, I already lost track. Jerry I am Donuts. in the ether oh, now. God. I am gone. Space. Um. So I, I, I don't know. I am, I am for Pokemon Uranium. I, I hate when Nintendo takes this stuff down. As long as they're not getting pizzed for it. If it's just some couple dudes doing some fan project i don't see anything wrong with it just like um editing roms and stuff there's plenty of different roms out there that are hacked and they're and cool nintendo oh, yeah. took a bunch of them down yeah, yeah well yeah. When, when they there's still ways to get some of those stuff so uh to bring it more back to the question just to make sure that we properly give thoughts on it they the john in the email says that do we think that uranium has suffered the same stigma as emulation, which is, you know, a fucking I'll take the hits, you know, tweet at me so I can mute you. Uh, I, I also am pretty OK with emulation for the most part. Yeah. Um, in, in specific ways, like if you purchase the game, I think you should be able to emulate it. That's like, you know, preservation of video games, I think, is an important thing. But, you know, generally the consensus against emulation is, is very, very anti. Um, uh, so, I don't. I personally uh, don't think that uranium has suffered the same stigma. I also have not heard almost any of these, like you know, places being like, "Oh yeah, uranium deserved it." But I also don't keep up with a lot of gaming news. I don't go on a lot of sites. I definitely don't go on Reddit yeah, or anything. So uh, I'm wondering. I'm, what, I've never got. Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm wondering what sources John is like. Really, like like we we all form our own bubbles, right? And I'm just yeah, I'm just yeah, wondering exactly. like what bubble. 
John has formed to uh, be getting these opinions because my bubble doesn't doesn't look like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like uh, no one I know, uh, like in my, in my circle of friends has a problem with emulation in general like it's not frowned upon which is surprising because your circle is probably like old people with game development jobs who know who probably care a lot more than 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 the rest of us sit here and be like righteous like i emulate when i want to play my old games i have a whole library of it i don't own some of those games like the thing is how is it available for me to buy if they are and i do buy it on wii i do have a a, quite a list on wii on the wii u but you know if they don't have it and i want to play it i'm gonna play it you know (laughs) so to to me there's there's three like fascinating issues that could go off in three different directions from this question a it's that question of of emulation and it's like it's Inter- its intersection with the avail- with preservation of games as a medium, yeah. as an art mm-hmm. form, right? So there's that one. Then there's the question of just the laws. Like so many of these companies, their lawyers are telling them, "Hey, you have to shut down this stuff, or else." When a you know a Chinese company pops up and says, "Hey, we're just doing an emulation and so, or or you know we're doing a right. fan fake quote unquote fan version of this," then you have no legal precedence under which to prosecute them. So there's like there's there's no room for common sense in the law code right now. And mm-hmm. so, and then on top of that, you have Nintendo's policy of like how they, how they engage with their fans who are creating content, you know, their, their uh, influencers and stuff like that, which, yeah. so those are all three different things that are all kind of in a confluence in this question. I don't know mm-hmm. if, if you guys want to launch off on any of those, but I mean, I I guess in general, I guess our consensus answer to this question is we all sort of believe no, it's doesn't it hasn't suffered the same stigma as emulation, at least as far as any of us have seen. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously such a different animal when you're making your own thing. I mean, even when you're using assets from an existing yeah. thing, I mean, you are you are recontextualizing everything. So, yeah. But I mean, I just have to, like, acknowledge my own perspective and where i'm coming from and what's formed my bias is that i don't really have that much of a stake in it some of the most fun i've had in my life was playing i always use this example super mario brothers x was a fan game that was absolutely amazing that yeah. they used all the sprites from a lot of like golden age super nintendo games to make just really really solid platforming levels and uh that got taken down by nintendo i still had the time of my life with it whereas the developer went on to make terraria Everyone seemed to win in that case. So I don't know. I'm totally okay with it, but I like still kind of feel a little complicated about it. Like, like I feel like despite all of the negativity you hear around companies taking stuff down, like some, some systems in the world still work the way they intend to in some ways. Mm. Yeah. And, and the, on the emulation front, now that the, you know, virtual consoles are such a common thing, it, it, does kind of go into mm. different territory than it you know back back uh, on dreamcast i had a friend of mine who burnt a rom for me of like every nest game and so i can mm-hmm. play every nest game on my on my old uh, dreamcast and that's cool but now i can also buy those for you know five or seven and bucks a pop on my 3ds or, or wii yeah. so it's like uh, if, if that happened because they were competing with piracy i feel like that's the reason why steam 
became so ubiquitous. It's because they had to compete with the PC gaming scene that was absolutely rife with piracy, meaning that they had to provide a really good, really cheap service. And and thus everyone is now able to enjoy really good, really cheap PC gaming. Yeah, yeah. you get old games and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, as, as that makes progress, you know, uh, as those companies are making strides towards preserving the, you know, the medium... And the individual artifacts from that medium, definitely the the whole emulation thing has less and less credibility in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. while I am also in that camp as well, I think that, like, if a game is available virtual console, like, if if that works with my setup, like, for example, if I want to capture something, yeah, I can plug in my, my Wii U to my capture device. Yeah. So if it's on virtual console for Wii U then fantastic. I would love to play it on there, play it in an official capacity and capture the footage that way. However, uh, it's not so much a problem with Steam, but specifically Nintendo, their virtual console is pretty good. They're like pretty decent prices for games that are, you know, absolutely classics, like timeless games that are well rated and well worth buying like several times over. Yeah, uh, like the, six, six dollars or something like that for some of those classics. I mean, I guess a little. Some 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 are ten, some are fifteen. Ooh, which yeah, is a bit, that's where it's getting a little crazy. Yeah, I guess it's a bit too pricey much. for an old game. That, that's like but the three thing that really gets meals. me. Yeah, the thing it really gets me. I want my kids' meal. Their, their virtual console is digital only, pretty much non-transferable to a different system. If you you know get something else or upgrades, while the 3ds is kind of a mess as far as that goes but they their console size for capacity is incredibly small so you can't like feasibly build up a library of virtual console games if you actually want to have them on your console you're gonna have to delete a bunch of them which is a pain in the ass and it's one of those things where it's like yeah we're fighting piracy also if you want to download donkey kong country 2 you're gonna have to delete donkey kong country from your system real quick and it's like no yeah. Let's just emulate it. <laughs> well, and, and also from a historical perspective, when it comes to preserving artifacts as they existed at the time, you know, when when a game comes out on the virtual console, it is not right. exactly the same code as what's sitting no. on a NES cartridge or whatever. So there there is still that thing of like, ironically, you know, future historians of games are going to be going into libraries of hacks and ROMs in order to, you know, pull out the real <laughs> the real artifacts yeah. as they existed. Yeah. Uh, you know what's going to be a hot mess in the future? <laughs> what, George? Is, uh, is gonna be being able to archive and preserve various versions of games as they get updated to become radically different. Like oh, how yeah. um, Hyperlight Drifter got updated to play at 60 FPS now. I was actually going to launch off onto a little tangent, but I guess that was the no, segue. No, so that, you didn't realize that was, that was happening? I, I, I couldn't find the connection. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all Skype, in the man. voice. You can hear it in his tone. It's it's this yeah. like quarter second delay. I feel really yeah. bad about it. Well, I was, I'll was. i just say a small piece before we dig into Hyperlight, mm, which is taste. very much our only other, our only other uh, topic, but... Um, it's interesting you bring that up because it's already that is already a thing with uh, some games, especially because I used to be in the uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent speedrunning community mm-hmm. oh. because that that what, game is crazy fucking niche. broken. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, but when you see the speedrun, you'll be like, "Oh, I understand why people do this because literally everything is like, how broken can we make this game?" Which is <laughs> the answer is very because it's a three D physics puzzler. 
made by indie devs. So it's completely and utterly just once if you're not playing it with the mind of like this is a horror game if you're just trying to like get through walls yeah you'll get through walls because that game's broken as fuck but <laughs> wow uh they released a patch that was like, maybe like a year or so the after the game came out yeah but they like released a patch that was like a year or so after the game came out which which like changed some things because it it obviously the patch is not focused on on the speedrunners it's focused on making the game more playable and the speedrunners are like, how can, can we, how, we need to contact the devs and get version 1.0 so we can like pass it around and speedrun that because this <laughs> ruined a lot of our tricks. And it was like, oh, like what a weird specific thing. But like nobody had a fix. Nobody could get version 1.0. If you updated on Steam, it was gone. Wow. And so it was like a weird thing where people were like. And there were, there well, were no DRM free versions of it? Uh, Not in 1.0. DRM free came out with that update. It's something along those lines. Like there, you couldn't get a 1.0 version of it anymore, which was really weird. But yeah, it was just a funny thing that kind of went along. The dev said nothing. Just they just left. (laughs) I'm not sure. I think I think they did end up replying and be and with something like we're not going to give out. You know, a bro. Yeah, I mean, as a dev, it's it's like it's embarrassing to see your stuff broken so badly (laughs) and it's nothing but like it's cool that there's people who are paying attention to your product but when they're paying attention to all its flaws only it's just it's not it's not a fun time but yeah i've I've always like been fascinated and also felt bad for devs as far as speedrunning stuff goes because i i absolutely love it i love watching people backflip with bombs to get into the sky in ocarina of time there, like, there, yeah okay so but there's different levels of that right there's there are backflips with bombs and that's to me that's all cool it's a thing where it's like i'm gonna press against this corner i pop out of a level and then i just run in you know blank space for 20 minutes and now i'm at the end of the game you know that kind of stuff like <sighs> now you can answer questions and don't and talk about donations as he just holds the left stick yeah. Yeah. Really? You aren't Don't like, to like oh man, our players are so creative and clever and smart. What a bunch of cool dudes. <laughs> right. Walking in space. Oh man. Um okay, so speaking of walking in space, uh, we're like drifting walk- through space. <laughs> hit through space at sixty whole frames a second. And an hyperlight drifter. They did it. They went and did it. They, this was like of course complaint number one. That, that I had about the game and I, I actually really, really want to get back into it now. I played an hour of it and, and really liked how it felt. I, I beat my record in the dash room within like, I don't know, just a few minutes of picking it back up again. So I definitely feel like there was something going on there that was like keeping me from embracing this this thing as well as you're not that you're to. a scrub. Right, right. I'm oh, not okay. a scrub, you know, oh, okay. you know that. Remember, right, remember right. our dive kick days? I remember me winning. I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I'm really looking forward to, to, I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting for it to come out on Vita because that is my platform of choice because I can play it in bed. Mm. They're bringing the uh, mm. 60 FPS patch to multiple platforms too. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That's great. As soon as it's Man, on beta. Vita. I wonder how that looks. That must look really good on Vita, actually. You know, yeah. that is the George style is you just wait long enough and eventually things are way better. <laughs> it's super. It's absolutely true, though. Positively, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Like you buy a game on launch these days 
and you're gonna deal with something unless it is it's the like, least helpful or healthy thing for the industry but the very best for the consumer absolutely mm. and i think that's actually like really hitting the nail on the head over why why a lot of people are so jaded these days because i if you god freaking deus ex mankind divided was like giving me 27 fps when i first booted it up during the week before launch and then a week after that just like one week they put a patch out and i'm pulling 60 frames and it's just nice. flat out better the games get cheaper and it doesn't even take that long to wait you can still kind of hit the social media buzz and because hyperlight drifter came out like five months ago uh something like that quite a bit ago yeah, so it's right. kind of like ne- so hyperlight drifter is hitting that netflix yeah um, yeah and he said it was deal. like the worst thing for the industry but i don't even feel guilty because I'm getting the best experience for the money I'm paying. That's that's like how the system's supposed to work. You know, yeah. just like wait three no, months I before mean, buying so, a game. You're good. You got you guys don't even know. Like before before a game comes out, like the three months leading up to going gold, like everyone's hair is on fire, everyone's pants are on fire, <laughs> everyone's running around with their arms flailing like Kermit the Frog. And with it's like pants you, on fire. Yes. You, there is no way that anyone thinks they're actually gonna ship a good product and then somehow it like falls together at the you know, at the very end. And then there's always that like five to 10% more that you can do after it goes gold. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's why day one patches is such a thing now. Like back in the day, it was just like, well, crap, if we would have had another month, our game would have been like, you know, hit Mm -hmm. that, you know, that extra 10% to bring it up to like 98 or whatever. And Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where uh, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating, but and, and there's no good solution to it because our industry is still so young and everything's constantly changing. It's like, you know, the beginning of the film industry where if, imagine you had to build a new camera every time you shot a movie and you had to reinvent it and you had to use proprietary film. And, you know, just like all this random technical logistical crap that has to be dealt with. And uh, it's frustrating. That That's one of those things like after 20 years in the industry, it hasn't changed and I feel like at some point it has to, at some point our platforms have to even out our technology and our pipelines have to like be, like, you know, best practices, something like that, because none of that exists right now. Maybe, maybe those procedurally generated sandbag bump maps <laughs> that'll will, do it. Uh, help the bottom line That's be the a little less of a bumpy line. Hmm. 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 But yeah, no, like is there's like no reason for me not to advocate that people wait to buy their games if the games get cheaper and also better while they're waiting. Like it is not rational. It is not it's not rational. Well, A robot wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Wait your six months yes. and you get the whole series. Six the game months of the later year on edition Netflix. comes out six months afterwards. You get like the base game now polished up with a bunch of patches. Plus a couple DLC expansions they threw out for the same price as it would have been on launch. Like there's that's a, that's mathematically better. The science has been done. MIT did a study. <laughs> I love the idea, George, that your uh, your whole like MO in life, your mantra is a robot wouldn't do it. So I wouldn't do it. <laughs> if 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 a machine can like calculate what a thing should be, then and then there's no arguing with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess what it comes down to from the industry perspective is that it, 
everything you said is true. If if all consumers acted like rational actors, you know, like good good old fashioned, you know, game theory, uh, then our industry will just Thanks go away one. because no one's going to buy anything until you know it's yeah. it's yeah. had to sustain somehow. But but no one's there to buy it in the first place because uh, everyone's right. waiting. Uh, thank you for using the words game theory and not referring to the channel in the process. Oh oh. Pour, uh, let's pour one I, out. For I just game now theory. realized that nowadays, when did. when I hear oh, no, game wait, theory, game I think show. of a channel. Game show ended. I don't. I said a little whisper. Um, maybe, uh, 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 yeah, but yeah, did. Matt, but, Matt referenced it. Yeah, yeah. Guys, game it, theory. No one, no one, no like, one ever hears the whispers. Only the, the, the prisoners. <laughs> People dilemma, constantly the, tweet me my whispers. <laughs> maybe, maybe Skype's not picking uh, up your whispers. Hang on. Oh no, they hear no, my whispers. I heard it. You, oh. you guys don't hear my whispers. I, I just want to take back for a second. Josh, did you say what is game theory? No, no, no. I, I know it gets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay no, I, I, I thought sorry. I heard you say that, and I was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. I meant what, what is the channel game theory, not what is the like oh, the, the oh, intellectual yeah, pursuit that was created by what, John, John von Neumann? Who, who created game theory? My Some whole life is no, game math theory. Guy. No, I, I was talking about the channel. So you don't know the channel, game theory? I'm sure I've seen it. I, it doesn't spring to uh, mind what it is. Basically, you'll find out what game theory is when they when they decide to take a look at Guild Wars 2 and determine that some main character in Guild Wars 2 is either a psychopath or uh, everything's happening in their head or the bad guy is, the, is actually the good guy the whole time. Oh, this guy, the, you, the yeah. game theorist? <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. It's... You gotta admit that's a pretty common theme. Because it's like if, if you common. Google yes. if you Google game theory, the first result's gonna be this channel and not the like intellectual process of picking the least <laughs> worst possible outcome. And, and I'm a little With sad rational by actors that. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So, the thing uh, the robot would do in a tricky situation. <laughs> yes, prisoners to women and all that. Uh, it it turns out in Guild Wars two, everyone has been dead all along. Uh, yes, Mr. Matt Pat. Oh, I just oh, want to throw that out there. That's that's from the official word of mouth. <laughs> that's canon. Josh Foreman, lead canon. designer, creative director, CEO of ArenaNet, founder. Mm-hmm. Heard it here Pat first. Demo hipster. Soon, <laughs> soon moving to Amazon. Right, right, Josh. Presidential that- candidate Josh Foreman has issued a statement. <laughs> By the way. Before, again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this after everything I say on this podcast. Before somebody tweets at me and roasts me, I don't actually think that game theory is bad. I I like to poke fun. Oh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed many of their episodes. Oh. Yeah, it's a terrible I, I channel. Well. Absolutely terrible channel. <laughs> tweet every tweet all your bad stuff at Matt because he just Garbage. said that and you know, can't take it back. <laughs> the oh, look, bottom, I'm the bottom of the yeah. barrel of you. <laughs> Dude's got seven million subs. Nice, good for yeah. him. As all the bottom of the fans do. I, I actually, I know like two of the script writers for a game. For I like, theory, so. I like how Matt's standard for bottom of the barrel is also the top of the charts. Yeah. What kind of world do you live in, where an your space is world. that non Euclidean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man um <clears throat> are we going on to the next uh oh yeah yes we are oh okay there is there is a- S- speaking yeah, of advertising topic? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah we're so there this is this has been 
a journey of, of ending the podcast. Mm, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, segue. Here we are. Brr, 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 remix. Um, so Josh Foreman, thank you for being on the TVG podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You were a delight. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I know you said you were working on a, a video. I don't know if that's a thing that's to come out soon, but is there anything you want to plug aside from like the games that you work on? Yeah, well, I was actually uh, really hoping we'd talk about a topic we didn't get to. Maybe, maybe I'd come back. Um, but uh, a lot of this is covered on my YouTube channel, so people can check it out. It's uh, Oh, yes! It's just... Y- yes! Now you remember. <laughs> uh, no. yeah, <laughs> Weedman is taking all the all the questions. He's, like, getting in there. Like, the industry, the industry. This the guy does incredible, important. incredible sculptures, and and he, he made a whole worm out of gummy bear, or, or what do you call that solution? What do you... I made I made a gummy worm out of it's gummy um, worm, ge- yeah. gelatin. It's gelatin. Gelatin. There, there, yeah. there you go. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, take it away. No, so so I have a YouTube channel that's a lot of art tutorials and, and stuff like that for sculpting and arty stuff. Like I sh- I sh- showed an example of how to repaint uh, the the Pip Boy um, to make it look like ground up and realistic. Um, but the the thing that I think your listeners might be more interested in is uh, the work I'm doing called the Cutscene Subversion Project. And that is kind of like my next big thing. This video, I've I've literally been working on it for since 2010. Oh, I've been my dress, God. Dressing up like John Marston and Link and like Space Marine and like and all these. It's going to be super epic like this podcast. And uh, <laughs> so you should check it. Like if you go to if you go to my web zone on uh, on YouTube slash scribe s c r y b e for whatever that that's the that's the one they gave me. You know how YouTube is? They're like, yeah. hey, we've selected these names for you because you used to call yourself scribe a hundred years ago. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have a uh, a playlist called the cutscene subversion project that is it's kind of like proof of concepts you know me in costumes doing various lines from the mm-hmm. from the thing but it's going to be like a six piece thing i'm going to be interviewing people from the industry from media and and just like gamers in general and stuff like that but it's basically what i'm hoping to be kind of my my thesis project for video games as an art medium so i think that's kind of up your guys alley that is absolutely up my alley. That's that's a rad thing, and I've always wanted to. I wanted to see like I know you know indie game the movie. Not a lot of people are like you know super on board with it anymore because a lot of the themes they use are kind of wacky. But I, I like that format of things. Actual like interview people, human pick a topic. Yeah, yeah. I love, like yeah. I like I know a bunch of people who make game design videos, but like actually digging into like the games industry and talking to real people about it and stuff is something I very much like. I, I have been and would like to see more thoroughly humbled by, by your, your ambition, your, uh, your, your <laughs> breadth of experience. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Just, and my oldness. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your wisdom, yes. your, your, your aged <laughs> fine hickory aftertaste. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. Josh. Anyway. Foreman. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was great. Go check out Josh. Uh, that was youtube.com slash scribe with a Y. Correct. Yes. Yep. Awesome. That's actually really, I mean, I know you just, you just joked that you don't like that, but it's actually a pretty cool name. I, I like ah. short handles like that. Scribe. Um, 
unlike unlike Sunder Gamer, which is the extension to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sunder Gamer, which was a mistake. Should have been Sunder CR. It was available. That's what I am on everything else. Go oh. check me out. I made yeah, a, that's a video. Yeah, it's awful that they don't let you just like fill in a thing till you get something that's available. Yeah, such a bad system. YouTube is awful. Yeah, Um, I made a video this week because my AC broke right when a heat wave hit SoCal. Oh no! Um, So it was pushing ninety degrees dead air inside my apartment, which is doesn't sound like much to some of you out there who think that you're so cool in Texas and Florida and wherever. The middle of the savannah being like, but it's hotter here, but it's still hot where I'm at. Doesn't make it less hot it where I'm at. It doesn't make it so less hot. No, it doesn't. Mm. I, w- I went fucking insane and I wrote a top five list of ice levels that almost make it bearable to live without AC, but don't. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, experimenting with humor instead of just game design. So, you can go watch that. That, now, that, you- that's that's interesting because when there was a heat wave in my place and it was probably 90 something in here i did a, a a comedy skit where um we me and my wife did lines from these two ai bots talking to each other and we acted it uh-huh. out live and so if you go to my channel look up uh, ai love still a better love story than twilight that's <laughs> the one <laughs> uh-huh. heat, heat makes you do some weird things man yep, yep. Yeah, I, I remember my, my days in Miami. Um, but also, I, I have a, a video that might help you, Jimmy. Um, please okay. come to my channel at uh, youtube.com slash visual AC repair, where I show you how to build, <laughs> okay, your own, your own AC out of PC pipe, okay, AC repair. a fan that you can get from Walmart for $5. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. So yeah, three I'm going pounds to this URL. Great plutonium. Hmm? And, and, I'm and going a big bag of and ice, not, right? And I'm not seeing this, uh, this channel. And a block of that. dry ice. <laughs> yeah, you got to refill the ice, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't just it's, plug it into the wall. It gets a little messy, but, but yo, you will be, you'll be, you'll be able to, to freeze up your chicken, okay, and fry <laughs> it. In the other room, okay. They rub the meat. Yeah, give your meat a good old oh, rub. Mm. He's spicy. youtube.com slash Matt Visual, and he's Matt Visual on Twitter. I love you guys so much. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, oh my god. If we push any farther, we're gonna fucking become co-option. George, where, where can people find you? At uh, my house uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, address. Uh, uh, Isn't that weird? His name is George and he lives in Georgia. Uh, wow. One, two, was that three, named after Fake you? Street? Dude, that was one of the first jokes I made, dude. Oh man, I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> like brothers. Um Wow, it's unbelievable. I'm gonna be putting out one last video. I really hope I can get it out tomorrow. It's gonna be on the gaming restaurants of Japan. Nice. Great. Yeah. Excited for that. Oh yeah. I've been having a blast and- making these Japan videos. And that would be on youtube.com slash youtube.com slash bunny hop show. You know, I was going to say something really stupid, but but we've we've filled that quota. Right. We're we're slowly getting towards the point where you guys are just actually plugging your content like like I think that we should be doing as opposed to saying go to youtube.com slash satch bags for more Matt visual content. (laughs) We're the same person. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about us. Don't tell your mom about us. Go, go follow and check out Josh 
And then after you do that, check out the rest of our stuff because we desperately need those YouTube bucks. Uh, Thank you for coming. And, so many bucks. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And suggest more guests. We'll get them on. To, uh, yo. Yo. Woo. PewDiePie is coming up next. PewDiePie is next week. Tweet us your questions for PewDiePie. <laughs> Pubes. Bush. The bush. <laughs>